Alright, if you take God's precious word and turn to Hosea chapter 2. Hosea chapter 2. And God willing, we'll be expounding verses 1 through 3. Hosea 2, verses 1 through 3. We left off last week in verses 10 and 11 where although God said that they were not His people and He was going to bring judgment on those people, He said in verse 10, Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. And that's talking about me and you we learned last week. That we are the sands on Abraham's shore. We are his spiritual offspring. And so it was prophesied in verse 11 last week at the end of chapter 1. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together. And we saw how the gospel has a promise that God's going to gather together in one. All things in Christ. We read that in the book of Ephesians. They're going to be gathered together and appoint themselves one head. And that head's Jesus Christ. And they shall come up out of the land. That means from every tribe and kindred and tongue. We we learned this morning, next door in the Genesis of Jesus class, God said, and they shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So they'll come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Now in chapter 2, he says in verse 1, Say ye unto your brethren, Ami, and to your sisters, Ruamah. Let's look at that. Say ye unto your brethren, Now this, again, is left over from the previous chapter I just read from. Concerning the brethren the previous chapter, God said that they would come up out of the land and appoint one head over them. Talking about those of the Gentiles from all over. Those who were not a people, God said. And who had not obtained mercy, God said. will now be called the people of God and they will obtain that mercy through the gospel of Jesus Christ. To them, God said, call, he said, look in verse 1, say unto your brethren, Ami, Ami. Now you may not know what Ami means right now, but if you think about what we read last week, what we studied last week, it's going to come into your mind. Look with me in chapter 1 verse 9. Look at me in chapter 1, verse 9. Hosea had a son. Then said God, call his name Lo-Ami. You see the difference between Ami in chapter 2, verse 1, and Lo-Ami in chapter 1, verse 9. Now the prefix Lo means not. It'd be like us saying, uh, you know, A would be not in our language, right? So... uh, uh, you, you, you have uh, uh, like a millennialist means they believe the millennial's coming, and amillennialist means no, we don't believe one's coming. Now that's in theology. But A means not, okay? And, but here, lo means not. So he says, say to them, lo, ami, you're not my people. You see, ami being the people. Lo meaning not. You're not my people. You're not a people. You're not the people of God. But here uh, uh, in verse 1, because of the head that's going to be appointed over them, because of God's promise to Abraham to make his children like the, the sand that's upon the seashore, 
through the gospel message here in chapter 2, verse 1, he says, Say ye unto your brethren, Ami, my people. You know what I can do? I can look at all y'all this morning. And I can say to you, Ami, Ami. If you're in Christ. You have not put your faith in Jesus as your Savior. I'll have to say unto you, Lo, Ami. It is. But if you believe in Christ as your Savior, I can say to you, Ami. He says, say to your brethren, Ami. You see what God's telling Hosea? He said, the people that are going to come up from the land, it doesn't matter what they look like. They can be black. They can be Indian. They can be Hispanic. They can be uh, uh, Negro. They can be white. They can be Arabic. They can be Chinese. They come up out of the land, they're pointing one head, the Lord Jesus Christ over them, who sits on the throne, the book of the Revelation. And you can look at them, no matter what race you're in, and in Jesus Christ, you can say, Amen. My people, my people. He says, say unto your brethren, Amen, my people. Now God tells Israel, who were not his people, because they had, remember, they had put God away from them, and they were believing in idols. They were not God's people. But now God tells Israel, say unto your brethren, Ami, not lo Ami, but Ami, a people. After Israel joins together, and the people of God come up out of the land and appoint Jesus over them, Hosea will call not only the believing Jews Ami, but he will call the Gentiles his brethren. Israel will call the Gentiles their brethren, acknowledging us as belonging to the people of God. God says, say to your brothers, my people, look back in your text, and to your sisters, Ruama, Ruama. Now remember, Hosea not only had a son called Loami, but he had a daughter. Remember, look back, if you would, uh, in chapter 1, verse 6. And she conceived again and bare a daughter. And God said unto him, call her name Lo-Ruama. Now we're going to be experts in Hebrew after all this, aren't we? Lo-Ruama. Now if Lo-Ami means not my people, and Ami means people, and Ruama here, uh, what, what, what is this going to mean? Look back here, he says, God said, call her name Lo-Ruama, for I will... No more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. So if lo ruama means no mercy for you, then ruama, taking the low off, means what? Mercy for you. <laughs> Isn't that great? So he says, say to your brothers, Ami, you're my people. The people of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says, speaking of Abraham, if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if we belong to Jesus, then we are Abraham's offspring. We're the sand on Abraham's shore. And so the Jews can look at us and say, Ami, to the people who were not the people of God in the past. And so he says, uh, say unto her, unto your sisters, Ruama. In Hosea's day, because Israel in the flesh forsook God, they would not be pitied, remember? But when they turned back to God in the last days, and the true Israel of God from all nations 
appoints Jesus as their king, those people, in contrast to the unbelieving world, will be pitied by God. They will receive the mercy of the cross by the grace of Jesus Christ. Mercy is nowhere else. He says, pitied, not pitied. This was a foreshadowed uh, uh, prophecy here. And it it, it came to pass uh, partially in uh, the book of Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Listen to what happened when the apostle Peter told the Jews about some Gentiles that he got to share the gospel with. God got Peter. Peter was a Jew. And if you want to turn to Acts 11, you can if you want to read along with me. Uh, God pulled Peter aside and said, Now, you go over here and you tell these Gentiles what I tell you to say. So Peter went over there and he's talking to these Gentiles who before were not the people of God. They were pagan people. And, uh, and so he starts telling them the gospel, and they believe it. And so Peter starts to explain in Acts chapter 11, verse 15, he says, And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then I remember the word of the Lord, how he, that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the, the, the like gift as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. What was I or who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Peter, they're saying, Peter, what are you doing hanging out with these Gentiles? He says, man, God told me to go and I preached the gospel to them and the same Holy Spirit fell on them just like he did on us. Who am I? To forbid the work of God. They believed just like we did. And then the the Jews got quiet. They held their peace. And they began to glorify God saying. I know what this means. This means God has granted repentance to the Gentiles too. That means the Savior Jesus our Messiah. Didn't just die for us. He died for them. He died for people outside the Jewish race. They're like wow this is good. You see what the Jews were doing here when they began to glorify God with Peter? They began to thank God for showing salvation to us, the Gentiles. They were saying to the Gentiles, Ami, Ruama. My people now, God has showed them pity too. My people, my brothers and sisters in Christ upon whom God has showed His mercy. Now, if you would, turn to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. Now, remember, Peter is the one speaking in the book of Acts. He's the one God sent to the Gentiles to share the gospel with them. Peter's the one who went back to the Jews and gave them the news that Gentiles can be saved through Jesus as well. Now, I want you to watch what Peter says here. 1 Peter chapter 2. Get your pens out. I still see pages turning. We'll give you time. 1 Peter chapter 2. Look here in verse 10 with me when you get there. Go ahead. We got time. We got time. 
Make sure everyone gets there so you can mark in your Bibles if you want to. First Peter chapter 2. Now look what the Apostle Peter said. The one who went and preached the gospel to the Gentiles. The Apostle Peter said the Gentiles are those, quote, which in time past were not a people. Whoa, you see what's happening here? This is really neat. If you didn't study the Old Testament, this would go right past you. You'd never catch it. He said, which in time past were not a people. Lo, Ami. Just write down, underscore, not a people. Outside that, write, Lo, Ami. And put the reference there to the book of Hosea, chapter 1, verse 9. Hosea, chapter 1, verse 9. We get all that written down in your margin. We'll continue on. Hosea, chapter 1, verse 9. All right. Everyone got it written down? Now let's go on what Peter said. Peter said the Gentiles are those, quote, which in time past were not a people. Again, that's low army. Look what he says now. But are now the people of God. Ami. You see that? Ami. So write down Ami. And then write down Hosea 2 verse 1 in your margin. They were, Peter's basically saying, which in time past were low Ami, but are now Ami. Now you tell me that Hosea is not talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the prophecy of the gospel. And the Gentiles being brought in to the covenant with the Jews. And the old Jerusalem, the old Israel of the flesh being separated in the Israel of the Spirit appointing them one head. The spiritual Israel. So he says, which in time past were not a people, lo, Ami, but are now the people of God. Ami, Hosea 2 verse 1, which had not obtained mercy. What do we put down there? Lo, Ruama. Lo, Ruama. So underscore uh, not obtained mercy. And out in your margin put down lo ruama. And that's L-O-R-U-H-A-M-A-H. And then write down uh, Hosea 1 verse 6. I see those pins going. Give you time to catch up. Alright, and now let's see what Peter says. Which in time past were not a people, lo, Ami, but are now the people of God. Ami, which had not obtained mercy, lo, Ruama, but now have obtained mercy, Ruama. Isn't that good? And then underscore Ruama, uh, uh, I'm sorry, underscored ha, uh, have obtained mercy. Write down in your margin, Ruama, R-U-H-A-M-A-H. In the put down, Hosea chapter 2, verse 1. So I'm going to read this again with the Hebrew. Can we do that? We'll read all of 1 Peter 2.10 with the Hebrew. Peter said, Gentiles are those which in time past were Loami, but are now Ami, which were low Ruama, but are now Ruama.
Absolutely beautiful. You see how well the Bible flows together? You see why we need to study the Old Testament? When you're reading here in the Old Testament, way back then, this little bitty book in the Old Testament, there was this Jewish prophet back in the day when Israel was so rebellious, when Israel was worshiping idols and rejecting God. God said, Hosea, I know it looks very, very bleak right now, but I have a plan. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to keep my promise to Abraham of making his seed as the sand upon the shore. There's going to be so many. Hosea, I know it looks bad now. But there's people that right now don't belong to Israel. And even some of the Israelis don't belong to Israel. They're Israelites. He said, but one day, they're going to be children of God come up from all over this world. And they're going to put Jesus as their head. There's going to be Doug and Richard and Andy. There's going to be Brittany and Tony. All these people. There's going to be some Jeremines. All this on the mind of God. There is. All this on the mind of God. Way back then. God could see you today. He says they're not my people now. But they'll be my people. Then the apostle Peter comes on the scene. Preaches the gospel to the Gentiles. And he begins to say in this epistle. This is the fulfillment of the book of Hosea. The book of Hosea is about you. The book of Hosea is about the people who come to church. Who are really not God's people. They're like the Israelites then. They were, they were Israelites in name only. They did not worship and serve the one true God. They are going to be taken out. As they were taken out of the, the nation of Israel. Those, those, those false people. The, the chaff. The goats as the scriptures put them. They are going to be taken out of the true church. But. There are going to be people from all over who are going to believe in Jesus. What amazing prophecies we are reading about concerning us in the Old Testament. And now we are their fulfillment through the marvelous grace of Jesus today. Now with this said, God speaks to uh, Hosea concerning the nation of Israel. From whom the fleshly Jews were born. God says, look in verse 2. Plead with your mother Plead. Hosea, plead with your mother. Plead. Israelites, plead with your mother. Plead. Even though Israel uh, in Hosea's day had forsaken God and would not receive mercy. Not those people. God still wanted them to repent. It doesn't matter how far you've gone from God. These people were involved in idolatry. I have heard so many people tell me, I don't know if God wants me. I think maybe I have sinned too much. I think maybe I've gone too far away from God. I don't think God will take me back. And here God is saying, you're not my people. Judgment is coming for you. I'm going to send the, <coughs> the, uh, the enemy after you. I'm going to drive you off of your land. But then there is still that heart of God in him. No matter how God uh, warns us, 
about how hot hell is going to be, how dark the lake of fire is going to be, how eternal our punishment is going to be, those who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter how bad God's warning gets, God still says at the end, plead with your mother. Plead. Though they would not repent at that time, God's pleading for them to repent here in the book of Hosea. And you know what? If God's pleading them in the book of Hosea to repent at that time, plead with your mother, plead, that word stands true today. Do you know what God wants the Jews, the believing Jews to do with the nation of Israel? He wants them to plead with them. He wants them to plead with them to turn back to God. The majority of the Israelites today are secular. And the religious people they have over there today, the majority of them are just like the Jews who crucified Jesus. They'll get hostile if you talk about Jesus. You try to witness to them. They'll get upset at you. They, they're all involved in all this religious garbage and they don't even follow their own scriptures. They can't. There's no temple. There's no priesthood anymore. They don't even offer their sacrifices they're supposed to offer. They don't have their religion anymore. It's just a bunch of religion. But it doesn't follow God's word. And God wants us to plead with them. And I know that in the end time, as God's saying here in the book of Hosea, there are going to be Jewish Christians pleading with their home people, pleading in their homeland, and the nation of Israel is going to have a great revival. They're going to repent. They're going to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm looking forward to that day. But you know what? This is what God wants us to do as well. He wants us to plead with our people too. He wants us to plead with those who think they're Christians, but they're not. I was watching a, a video uh, last night. I don't know what country this man was from, but he was a UFC fighter. I don't know if anyone else saw this. He was a black man. He, he didn't speak English very well. One of the little children must have hit the button over there, but they're going to take care of it in the nursery, make sure they're okay. Uh, he was a black man. He didn't speak English very well. But uh, uh, they, uh, he, after he won the fight, they put the microphone in front of him. And he says, I'm going to try to tell you all something, but I don't speak English very well, but I hope you'll understand. He said, what happened, America? What happened? You forget Jesus. What happened? Don't forget Jesus. And I thought, my goodness, you know what he's doing? He's pleading with America. He's talking about how we used to be the greatest and we forgot Jesus, and we have. He's pleading. And we need to plead with people today. Don't just throw your hands up and say, well, they're all going to hell. Well, maybe they are. But we don't need to stop reaching out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, plead with your mother. Look back in your text. For she is not my wife. You see, the true Israel is the bride of Jesus Christ. The false Israel is not the bride of Jesus Christ. The false Israel, they're like the foolish virgins in the parable that Jesus taught. All these foolish virgins, they were sitting around waiting 
on their groom to come, the bridegroom to come. They had lamps, but they didn't have any oil in those lamps. Now, I, I was raised up with kerosene lamps. My grandparents had them. We had some in the house. Wouldn't be bad to have some today in case electricity goes out. My grandparents had them. <clears throat> That's all you had was those lamps. And when the bridegroom came, he came at night. And they didn't have any light in those lamps to go out to see. No oil in the lamps. And so when the bridegroom came, they got left behind. They never enjoyed the wedding to their groom. Why? They were loami. They were not God's people. He says, plead with them because they're not my wife. They think they're my wife. Israel thinks they belong to me, but they're not. They're like the foolish virgins who were all dressed and ready for the wedding. And they had the lamp, but it was an empty lamp. You see, that lamp represents religion. Empty religion. The lamp with no oil has no what? Has no light. Who is the light of the world? Jesus Christ is the light. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. They had no light in them because they had no life in them because they had no Jesus in them. And so when Jesus came, all they had was their dark, lifeless, worthless Empty religion. That's what the Jews have today. That's what any religion today has. That has a ceremonial system of do's and don'ts. Do this, don't do that. Do more of this, better not do that. And you have all that religion there. But there's no gospel in it. And if there's no gospel in it, there's no life in it, there's no light in it. And so you walk around like all these people today holding their religion in their hands. Thinking that the groom's coming, that somehow they're married to God and they belong to God. They're part of God's people. God says, no, lo ami, lo ruama. You don't have the light in you because you don't have my son in you. You're not my people. You have no mercy from me. Jesus said, he that believes not on him is condemned already. No mercy. Not my people. That's why Jesus is going to look at people who said, we preached about you. We did many wonderful works. What are they doing? They're hanging on their lamp. That's all they're doing. He says, I never knew you. Lo ami, lo ruama. That's what he's doing. So he's saying, plead with your mother. Because she's not my wife. She's the foolish virgins. So through Hosea, God was pleading with Israel because she was an empty religious lamp. She's not my wife, God said. Look back in your text. Neither am I her husband. We have no relationship as husband and wife. As God and Israel. As Christ and His church. So what was the remedy to that? What was God telling it, Hosea to plead with him about? God said, look back in your text, let her therefore, in other words, because she's not my wife, and I'm not her husband, she's not my people, I'm not her God, let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight. 
Israel was supposed to enjoy relationship with God as his spiritual wife, being in love with God through his gospel promise. But instead, Israel was committing spiritual whoredoms. Spiritual whoredoms meant instead of loving God in a husband-wife relationship between the nation and her creator, she's running around committing whoredoms with false gods. She's acting like a harlot with false religions instead of a wife with the true religion. Make sense? Yeah. Every religion in this world that is not centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ is a false religion. It is whoredoms. And whoredoms have been around ever since Cain brought the wrong sacrifice to God. That's all it was, was whoredoms. It was an empty lamp that had no light in it. Had no blood sacrifice in it. Had no promise of Jesus and an empty, worthless lamp. So God says, if she wants to be married to me, if a person wants to be married to me, if she wants me to be her God, she must put away her false gods. God doesn't share with anybody. No, sir. Look back in your text. And her adulteries from between her breasts. Instead of embracing her devilish lovers in her heart, she needed to have a change of heart. Her adulteries from between her breasts. She had been embracing, oh, love those false religions. Oh, I love this religion here. It lets me do whatever I want to. I love this religion here because of A, B, C, and D. God doesn't let me do that. You know what Adam and Eve did when they ate from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil? They committed whoredoms. Between their breasts, they clutched the knowledge of good and evil above the knowledge of God. And God says, you want me to be your husband, you be my wife? I'm not sharing you with anybody. If you want that relationship with me, you're going to put that junk away. You need to repent. And you need to leave off your false beliefs. Listen, the idea that, that everybody is going to heaven one day, you know there are people that teach that, 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 that no matter what you believe today. Someone asked me about this the other day, that there's this teaching going around that once someone dies, they'll get a second chance and they'll be able to, you know, uh, repent and be saved after they die. No, that's not going to happen. That's like, you know, someone murdering somebody. And uh, and after they murder somebody and they're found guilty. And then they uh, are sentenced to death. Then they say, okay, well, I changed my mind about killing that person. Now I don't have to die. No, it's too late now. It's too late. You've committed the crime. You've received your judgment. And if we die without Christ, then we're going to have nothing Nothing. We're going to lose it all. Jesus says, he that seeks to save his life, that is this earthly life, shall lose it. He that loses his life for my sake, the same shall find it. So if you're trying to make this world your life, and you're not waiting for Jesus to come back and make the new world, and have a new king over it, the Lord Jesus, and God be your king. You're not waiting on that. You don't want that. You're going to seek to save the life you have now where you're living in a sin-cursed flesh, waiting to die, and all you want is what's on earth today, and you don't want what God promises tomorrow. You seek to save that. You're going to lose everything because you're going to die and give it all away anyway. 
So he says, let her put these idols away, verse 3, lest I strip her naked and set her as in the day that she was born. You'll lose everything. Remember what Job said, naked came I into this world, naked shall I return. The day when God first made her a nation, that's when he's talking about the day she was born. Israel's a nation here, and when God first made her a nation, whereas without God, Abraham would have never had a child to begin with. God made her that nation. And in the same way, just as Abraham would have never had a nation without God giving him that little boy, Isaac, in the same way, without God, there would have never been a church. Never been a church. So if she did not repent, God would not make the nation of Israel uh, to be prosperous, but instead He would make her like she was when He first separated her from the rest of the world and gave her His Word and His covenant, His promises and His loving grace. She had nothing until God found her, and she'll have nothing unless she finds God again. You see? It's the same way with our nation. That's the reason we're failing today. It's the reason, and and listen, there's more to come. There's more to come unless we repent. And I know we're not Israel, but there there, there is uh, uh, wages for sin. And we'll pay those wages. And so uh, God said, I'll strip her naked like a newborn baby. Look back in your text and make her as a wilderness. Now, in, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, in the Middle East, a wilderness was not a forest. A wilderness is more like a desert, you see? A desert. Uh, and so God said, I'll make her like a wilderness, look back at the text, and set her like a dry land. That's why the wilderness is called a dry land. A dry land here speaks of a place where there's no life. Remember when Israel was called out of Egypt? And they went through the wilderness. Remember? They went through the wilderness. And there, had God not given them water, they'd had nothing to drink. Had God not given them food, they'd had nothing to eat. They were totally dependent on God. He says, I will make you like a wilderness in the dry land. A place where there is no life. Which is why, had God not fed and watered them in the, in the wilderness, they would have died. So that's why God says, look back in your text and slay her with thirst. Otherwise, I'm going to kill her. She'll die. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And to accept Jesus as your Savior, you've got to come to the conclusion that there is no other Savior. There is no other God but the one true God of the Bible. There is no other way to that one true God but through Jesus, His Son. And you cannot embrace the Son as your Savior without putting away from yourself every other false religion. You can't live by the truth if you're embracing a lie. So he says, slayer with thirst. The whole idea is that God would let them experience what it was like To be without Him. Israel had left God spiritually. But God had still been sustaining her with His grace and His blessings. And He's saying, unless she repents, I want to strip her naked. I'm going to remove my blessings and my mercy from her. I'm going to make her like a desert. Which would describe her condition after her blessings were removed. And I'm going to slay her with thirst which is death, the wages of sin, because 
she would not receive the water of life. At the end of the book of the Revelation, the Bible says, Him that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Do you know what that was doing? That was pleading. Just like God was telling Hosea to plead with, her, with his mother, Israel. That's God pleading with you. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, God's pleading with you today to come and take the water of life freely. To know the salvation He freely gives through Jesus. And folks, those of you who do know Christ as your Savior, what amazing promises of security we have right here in the book of Hosea. God tells you, Amen. Rohama. Father, we thank you so much this morning for loving us. Thank you for sending your son to die for us. Thank you for the truth you've given us in your word. Thank you, Father, that we don't have to dwell in a desert land. But, Lord, you have given us the water of life, which Jesus said, if a man thirst thereof, he'll never, or drink thereof, rather, he'll never thirst again. You've given us the bread of life, which we have eaten, Father. We're not hungry anymore. We don't want any other Savior. We don't want any other God. We don't need any other promises, Father. We have all we need in Jesus. We have eaten of Him. We have accepted His promises. And we are satisfied and eternally full. Thank you for your wonderful word. In Jesus' precious name, amen.